Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Here's another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, number 335. If you're tuning in, we hope that you brought home your hashtag TCK titles, your fantasy football championship in week 16 last week. I was able to wrap up three of my five leagues, so very stoked on that. I got a big win in my league of record, my home league. I did go up against... um, Alvin Kamara, but I was able to overcome that Uh, going into Sunday's games. I had a 21% chance to win the game, but you never give up. Big game from Tay Adams helped me get over the top there. So I hope you all got some W's as well. This week, we are going to, I'm going to break down the ballers and sellers per usual. I'm not going to go over any waiver wire pickups. I usually do that at the second half of this episode. It's week 17. It's a mishmash. There's so many there's so many options and there's not very many at the same time. What I mean by that is some teams are phoning it in. Some teams are out of the playoff hunt and they're just resting their guys for next year. They're sitting veterans, whatever other teams are like the chiefs are probably going to be playing maybe a quarter, maybe a half because they've already locked in their seed. They want to stay healthy for the rest of the playoffs. And uh, it's just so difficult to really come up with who is definitely going to get playing time. So I apologize this week ahead of time. I'm not going to do a waiver wire column and I'm not going to do a waiver wire uh, prediction here on the podcast. However, per usual, hit me up in DM on Instagram. You heard the intros, uh, Instagram fantasy football underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And uh, hit me up. If you have a particular situation, um, then let me know uh, what it is. And if, if you need to, find a spot, fill. you have some options. Uh, y'all know the drill, hit me up and we can work one-on-one and I can certainly look through some things with you. Not a problem, but I was kind of starting to go through an article. I was going to write one up and it was just such a mess. I mean, there's like, you know, 15 guys at each position that you could play. And then there's another 15 that like you should play, but you shouldn't play uh, because they may not get enough playing time. So it's kind of a mess. Just want to give you a heads up that I'm not going to do that. Of course, you're going to have Dweez Nuts breaking down the last Stat Rat episode of 2020's season. And then we have uh, Lucas and I breaking down the later games and Bobby LaMarco and I breaking down the early games per usual. Chris Benavides not on the program this week because uh, the TCK Pod Listener League is a wrap. I want to give a huge shout out and congratulations to our two winners. In the Rookie League, we had Josh McDonough, a.k.a. the Commish representative, um, holding the uh, title there over our boy Jay care. So shouts out to Josh for the win and also congratulations to Jay care for the uh, runner up there. And in the veteran league, we had Hawk Dolliday, who was actually last place last season comes all the way back storms back for the W and uh, he gets the win there um, over Paul. And y'all know Paul from, 
the last two seasons, he has been the runner-up in the TCK Pod Listener League three years in a row. Now, you might think to yourself, like, damn, like, that sucks to be him to not win the championship. I think of it the other way around. First of all, to even get to a championship game in any fantasy football league is very, very impressive. And basically, it comes down to obviously your team, but a bunch of luck as well. And he unfortunately just hasn't had the better team three years in a row, but he's been able to storm all the way through it. So congratulations to Hawk Dolliday for turning it around worst to first, literally. So shouts out to him and big up to Paul as well for making another uh, TCK championship game. Um, he came up short against Drew Mystic in the first year. Uh, came up short against Lucas last year, and then this year comes up short against Hawk Dolliday. Uh, maybe the fourth year's a charm. Uh, if not, then uh, we might have to uh, compare him to the Buffalo Bills of the uh, early 90s. Quick note on the listener league. I just want to kind of let you know how I turned out on that. Um, obviously, Lucas and I and Kamish didn't win the league. Um, uh, Dweez did not either. He was the number one seed, but came up short in the playoffs. Chris came up short as well. So all of us on the podcast came up short, but Josh for the commission side did hold it down in the, in the listener in the uh, rookie league. But I just want to quickly recap. I'm not gonna do my whole team. I'm going to recap all my teams the next couple of weeks. Uh, So I'll go over this in depth, but it was just kind of a, it was a tough loss. Um, I'm super happy for the followers and I do this league for the followers and, and listeners and like, you know, I'm pumped to be in the league and I'm bummed that I didn't win it, but ultimately it's not a league for me. It's a league for you. So uh, respect everybody playing and participating. And of course we'll open submissions for next season as well. Once the summer comes around, but I unfortunately came up short uh, in the playoffs. I didn't make the playoffs. So here's what happened. Drafted a pretty solid team. Again, I'll go over my team later on, but I drafted a real solid team. I thought Um, turns out I was right in the end, but lot of injuries. All my running backs got injured. I had Chubb, I had Mixon, I had Mostert, I had Devontae Adams. Um, these guys were great throughout the season when they played and they were great down the stretch, but they were not healthy most of the season. I rarely hosted a two, um, a full squad with health, unfortunately. So couldn't do that. So I was at like 500 or so heading into week 13, the week before the playoffs. While I play uh, Drew Missick, the you know, two year ago defending champion and he had Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Well, that's always a tough matchup to go up against, but this particular week, actually, I think it was week 12, excuse me. They were up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, if you mark uh, that game back in your brain, you remember that Tyreek Hill had 200 receiving yards in the first quarter, 200 receiving yards in the first quarter. So I was pretty much dead in the water from that game. So that one knocked me off the pedestal, unfortunately. What happened is I came into week 14 or week 13. I actually got the win to be eligible for the playoffs, but it came down to a tiebreaker between me and Paul, who ended up being the runner up in the league overall. Paul and I were tied uh, record wise. So I went to a tiebreaker, which was total points. He beat me by seven total points. We each had almost 2000 total points in the league over the season. And he beat me by seven total points on the entire year. So he got the sixth seed and backed in. I did not make the playoffs. I was out. Okay, fair enough. Happens. Bummer. Moving on. Well, played the rest of the, the playoffs, of course. I rostered a team and I went through it the rest of the way. Turns out, and I know you can't retroactively do anything and I'm not complaining. I'm just <laughs> stating what happened. Turns out that if I were to have beat, you know, gotten into that sixth seed, 
I would have played the number three seed in that particular week. My team outscored the number three seed. I would have won that game. Then I moved on and I would have played the, uh, I believe it was number one seed who ended up winning the championship. Um, and I would have won that game as well with the scoring, right? So my team really picked it up and I would have won that game with scoring. Now I'm in the loser's bracket this time, but I would have won if it was matched up the way that it should have been. Now, Paul got these wins as well. So shouts out to him, but I also would have got these wins. Well, then when I get to the championship game and I would have beat the champion as well, total points. And what I had scored this week versus what they had scored this week, I would have won it. So hypothetically, <laughs> if I got into the playoffs in week 14, I would have run the table and actually won the TCK listener league, but it is what it is. And I didn't get in. And uh, it's all about timing and a little bit of luck or a lot of bit of luck in fantasy football and having your guys healthy. And they just frankly weren't at the right time. So unfortunately, I did not make it in. But again, shouts out to uh, everybody that participated in the league. Shouts out to um, Paul for the third year in a row in the, in the championship game. Uh, we'll see if he can overcome that next season. Shouts out to a Hawk Dolliday going from worst to first, getting that championship in the veteran league. Shouts out to Jake Hare and Josh uh, both uh, newcomers to the TCK Listener League. That's why they were in the Rookie League. They will be moving up to the uh, Veteran League. I will go over who moves down in the Veteran League to the Rookie League and who moves up from the Rookie League to the Veteran League. I will go over that later on <clears throat> when we recap all the leagues. But again, thank you so much for all the participation for everybody that came through this season. And, um, you know, we're participating in the two TCK listener leagues next year. We're going to have two as well, depending on submissions. I had to turn a few people away late because they missed a submission date and I just didn't have room at that point. Um, but again, if the submissions are high, uh, we may add a third league, uh, maybe even four if we, if we have that many, I mean, I want to have as many people participate in this and maybe make it more of a tournament potentially. I'll try to figure out what we want to do with that. But um, a lot of you have asked like after the fact, how to get in, and uh, I usually put the submissions up around June or so. Uh, we won't draft until right before the season, so late August. So we have tons of time to do this, uh, but I'll probably announce it in June or July, and then um, I'll get submissions rolling and make sure that everything's ready to go by the end of August so that we can draft uh, right before the season. I usually like to do it at the end of uh, training camp. Now, of course, this year was weird with the COVID situation, but uh, usually I like to draft about week three or week four of training camp if possible, right? Uh, before the season starts to get as accurate of drafting as we can. So quite the intro. Uh, I appreciate you sticking through all that. I just want to kind of uh, update you all. I had a many, many, many folks reaching out and letting me know uh, how much, you know, myself and Lucas and Bobby and Dwayne have, uh, and Chris uh, as well on the commission uh, side and our other guests um, have helped them and helped them win championships and, and got those hashtag TCK titles. It's pretty cool to, to see you all screenshotting your uh, roster and putting it on Instagram or Twitter and using the hashtag TCK title. I appreciate that and tagging us in it, but um, it's been awesome. You know, we put a lot of hard work and energy into this and we try to give you authentic and honest feedback. And um, I think we do a good job of that. And uh, turns out that, you know, a lot of you had followed our advice and it worked out. And um, so congratulations to you. I'm glad uh, that that happened. It was such a crazy year with injuries and COVID and the running back situation. And it was just nuts. And uh, again, there was a lot of luck that goes into it this particular season, but if you got it, you got it. And if you didn't, you know, it's not necessarily the way you played. It's just that there was a lot of bad chips out there this year. And, and unfortunately it was hard to avoid that situation. 
especially a lot of the top running backs going down. I mean, it's just hard to overcome those when you pick somebody, you know, and Michael Thomas, even you pick somebody in the top, you know, um, 10, 15, 20 picks and uh, one or two of those guys is unusable most of the season. Like it just, it just kills your roster. So bounce back next season. We'll get back into it. Um, I'm going to go over a full scale situation, maybe uh, on Friday. I think what I'll do is we're not going to have a TCK listener league episode again, because we don't have a TCK listener league anymore. However, maybe what I'll do is I'll do a quick uh, check in with you all a quick podcast and let everybody know like what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Dwayne, Bobby, Lucas, and I have um, a handful of things up our sleeve and maybe just give you a preview of what's to come. So you can uh, be ready for the, the NFL playoffs and uh, we're going to do some DFS and stuff like that. So I'll go over that on Friday, but Long intro. Thanks for sticking with us. Episode 335. We'll get into ballers and stallers here. Again, no waiver wire column, but if you have any particular questions this week due to injuries or people sitting out or COVID situations, last minute changes, benches because of the playoffs, whatever, feel free to reach out personally and I will get to all of you uh, individually, but I'm not going to do a waiver wire column uh, and write up on this uh, particular episode. Okay, let's jump into it here. Ballers and stallers for week 16. Let's jump into it with the quarterbacks, of course, right off the top. Josh Allen, the number one quarterback on the week. And as of week 16, in most formats, he is the number one quarterback on the season. So Josh Allen somebody that I think most people had about number seven. So we had the big four, the big five, the big six, right? Uh, uh, some order of Mahomes, Jackson, uh, Dak, and then Kyler, Watson, and Russ. That was about the top six for almost everybody. Then Josh Allen was kind of that like, you know, he was kind of the he was kind of the filling between the two the two cookies. You know what I'm saying? You got the top cookie, you got Josh Allen in the middle as the filling, and then you got the bottom cookie. And he was about seven in most leagues. And man, he has just been absolutely phenomenal this season. So shouts out to Josh Allen and the Bills are looking real good uh, in the NFL and for fantasy for a long time. They're young, they're strong, they're put together well, they're balanced. Um, it's easy to be a Bills fan. So I'm, I'm stoked on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and everything they're doing up there in Buffalo. So Josh Allen, number one quarterback on the week, 355 total yards, four touchdowns, ho-hum against the Patriots. Yikes, this rivalry has flipped <laughs> completely over. Tom Brady and the Patriots dominated the Bills for 20 years. It might be the Bills over the Patriots for the next at least you know, two or three or four. Um, I don't know about 20. We'll never see that again. But uh, Josh Allen, if he stays healthy, should have a great run there. 32 fantasy points for Josh Allen. Tom Brady, number two, speaking of the old man, 30 fantasy points, 348 yards and four touchdowns. So pretty equivalent to Josh Allen there. Great game from Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Deshaun Watson comes in at third, 27 fantasy points, three total touchdowns over 350 yards. He does have an elbow tweak um if you haven't seen the play uh he basically went for a pass and he got his fingers and his hand kind of stuck up under a face mask from a defender as he was throwing the ball just kind of a fluke timing situation but anyway wrenched his uh wrenched his elbow pretty bad and um apparently he's ready to he's gonna play for week 17 they have nothing on the line the texans um but you know he's trying to finish out the season and if you haven't seen the uh motivational speech uh, from JJ Watt. It's, it's worth a watch, first of all. And secondly, um, 
you know, it sounds like all Texans need to be all hands on deck. So Deshaun Watson should play in your fantasy championship if you're rolling week 17 um, and he should be healthy for next season, but uh, kind of a, kind of a fluke situation there for him. Uh, Andy Dalton comes in at number four, uh, 377 and three touchdowns for him. Big Ben Roethlisberger turns it around 342 and three Aaron Rodgers, 231 and four, three of those, of course, to Devonte Adams, uh, Kirk Cousins, 291 and three Mitch Trubisky 265 and two he also has a rushing touchdown as well Derek Carr 336 coming back off that groin injury just one passing touchdown but also has a rushing touchdown as well Brandon Allen of the Bengals 371 and two touchdowns looked really good against Houston actually in the in the uh, Bengals get a big win there to end the season Lamar Jackson 183 and two pretty normal through the air there sub 200 two touchdowns 13 carries, 80 yards on the ground. Love to see that from him. Russell Wilson, 225 and one, has a rushing score as well to kind of buoy his uh, opportunity there. But sub, he's about 20 fantasy points. And really from Russell Wilson, again, a top six pick at quarterback, um, it's just not cutting it down the stretch here. And, uh, you know, against the Rams, he was my sit of the week last week. So this is what I expected. you know, just kind of outside that top 10, but man, uh, I worry about Russell Wilson in week 17. And frankly, I worry about the Seahawks in the playoffs. Um, you know, the saints, the, the, the Packers, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's certain teams that I think the Seahawks do not match up against. And if the Rams can make it in here with a win this week, they make the playoffs and they get the Seahawks again, that's just a bad matchup for Seattle. And, I could see um, them getting bounced even, even with the top seed. So stay tuned to that. Matt Ryan, 302 again, without Julio Jones, Patrick Mahomes, 278 and two kind of let you down there. I mean, he's a borderline staller there just because he's Patrick Mahomes, but gets you about 20 fantasy points. Nonetheless, CJ Beathard, my man for San Francisco, 182, which is not impressive, but three passing touchdowns there. All right, let's go into the stallers. And this is kind of like on the edge here. So not quite a staller, but not exactly where you thought he was going to be in a very plus matchup. That's Jalen Hurts, 342 and a touchdown, nine carries, 69 yards. So great rushing floor uh, for Jalen Hurts. And that is something that we're going to obviously dive into next season. He will be the starter in Philadelphia. I'm almost guarantee that. Um, but it's he's going to have that rushing, you know, he's going to have the, the passing upside if they can get him any reliable weapons with consistency if they actually use the run game the way that every other NFL team does then he should have more room to work as well and he's got the rushing upside so in his four games that he's played so far he had 29 rushing yards and a half against Green Bay when Carson Wentz got benched he had 106 yards rushing against the Saints who are the number one rushing defense in the NFL he had 63 yards rushing and a touchdown against the Cardinals um, two weeks ago and then last week he had 69 yards rushing as well. So if you, you know, kind of just, you know, double his output from week 13 when he played a half, let's just say it was, you know, 30 yards rushing in the half. Let's just double it for conversation's sake. That's 60 yards rushing in that game. He had 106, 63, and 69. So he is averaging minimum 60 yards rushing. That's incredible. Uh, that's incredible for, for a running back. Um, that's, that's absolutely Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson territory. So you love that upside. Plus he does have back-to-back 300 plus yard um, passing games as well. So what Lamar doesn't give you 
his 300 yard passing games. Kyler doesn't really either. I mean, they have some big blowups, obviously, but they don't really give you that floor. In this Arizona offense, if they're able to do it, um, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, Arizona, I apologize, Philadelphia, um, in that division, if they're able to do it, you know, with Dak back and, and the Giants getting better and Washington football team should be better next year as a whole unit, uh, more competitive games, you should have, you know, I would say a 300-yard floor with Jalen Hurts for the most part, plus a touchdown or two through the air every week. And then you're going to have 60-yard rushing floor with the touchdown upside. That's insane. I mean, you put those – I don't want to get carried away here. <laughs> but you put those numbers together in a projection on paper, that's a top-10 quarterback come draft season. Might sound crazy now because we've only seen four and five games with them this week against Washington. But look, if if this kid stays healthy, he's legit, and they bring in a bona fide receiver, like let's just say hypothetically they bring in like an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay, one of these free agents. Um, Chris Godwin's a free agent. I mean, they bring in somebody like that for Jalen Hurts, and they got these auxiliary pieces, and they can figure out Dallas Goddard and, and the Zach Ertz situation and get Miles Sanders moving. Philly could actually be pretty pretty dangerous. So quite the uh, Jalen Hurts take, but I just wanted to kind of fill you in on how impressive he's been on the ground, which we know is that cheat code in fantasy football. Okay. Sam Darnold, most not, most likely not played, but just 17 fantasy points. But boy, Justin Herbert had one of the biggest duds, I think uh, possible in the championship game, him, Ryan Tannehill and Kyler Murray were really the biggest duds and they're all back to back here. I started Justin Herbert in the league. I benched Ryan Tannehill for Jalen Hurd, so I got away with that one. Kyler Murray, I just didn't have in any of my leagues this year because I got Dak Prescott over him if I drafted early. But Justin Herbert really bummed out. Plus matchup against Denver, 253-1, and one, 26 rushing yards for him. Unfortunately, just not, uh, not a great day and really a plus matchup. So since Austin Eckler's come back, Justin Herbert has not – been what Justin Herbert was so that's gonna be another interesting situation he's going to finish as a top 12 quarterback this season because of his entire season uh, culminated but unfortunately <clears throat> I think that you know with Austin Eckler coming back healthy um, obviously a healthy Keenan Allen is going to help next season but with Austin Eckler healthy we'll see uh, we'll see what he actually can do on a consistent basis here because they know that they want to run the ball as well and, and really didn't have a running game when he was lined it up. So going to be interesting with Justin Herbert moving forward. Ryan Tannehill, 121 and one in a blizzard, quite literally two interceptions against the Packers, but he did have a nice long touchdown, 55 yards on the ground and a touchdown there rushing. So buoyed him a little bit, but he also let down. And Kyler Murray also hicked up in this game, no touchdowns, 247, 75 yards on the ground, but no touchdowns at all. Again, that's a killer in your fantasy championship. A couple of the names you may have started that let you down here. Daniel Jones, uh, Drew Locke, Mike Glennon, if you were streaming there, just tw uh, 12 and a half. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick played half the game. Tua played half the game. He was benched. Um, Phillip Rivers, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, Baker Mayfield. All of these guys are letting down in a big way here in your fantasy championship. And maybe one of the biggest, although not his fault, was Matt Stafford, who was questionable for the last couple of weeks, questionable coming in. And then, of course, he uh, he gets hurt basically on the first drive of the game. He's out and uh, they get rolled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Would have been a great game script for Matt Stafford to light it up, hopefully. But he got injured. So if you played him in a spot start, uh, that was just over before it started, unfortunately. OK, let's move on to the running backs here. And we have to start up with the top. My man. My, my, I say this all the time. 
My favorite player in the NFL for a long time has been Larry Fitzgerald slash Julio Jones. They both wear the number 11. Julio used to rock the dreads. Um, uh, Larry, of course, has the dreads. I love the way they play. They're both humble dudes. They, they go out and do their job. They're consistent. If not for injuries, Julio Jones is, is probably, I would say, if not for injuries, Julio Jones is arguably the best wide receiver of all time. I'll throw that out there, including my man Jerry Rice. I'm a Niner fan. If Julio Jones was healthy his entire career, I think he's the best wide receiver of all time. I'll throw that out there. Anyway, my, my favorite players for a long time have been Larry and Julio, but we got this new gen coming in. I'm an older guy, so we got this new gen coming in. My next gen favorite players for the last uh, three seasons have been Tay Adams, who I've been repping at wide receiver one for the last three years. Two years ago, he got hurt. It was him and Nuke. I had him at number one. He got hurt, derailed his whole season. Last year, it was him and Michael Thomas. He got hurt again, kind of derailed the season, but he was number one in points per game. This year, I had him number one again over Michael Thomas. He ended up uh, getting uh, – he, he will be the, the number one there. And, and uh, with Tyreek not playing much this week, he should easily have that number one slide. So uh, Tay Adams is my dog for sure. Helped me win a couple championships this weekend. And Alvin Kamara, AK-41, my dog. I have this long story about Alvin Kamara, but I'll keep it short. In my league of record, when he was a rookie, I drafted him in the 10th round. So I drafted Mark Ingram that year. That was what, 2017. I drafted Mark Ingram. And then I drafted Adrian Peterson, who you remember was a saint for like three games, as the handcuff. But in my head, I was, and we were in a keeper league, so it's a little bit different the way that we think in the draft. But in my head, I was thinking, okay, Mark Ingram's still in his prime at that point. So he's a bona fide RB1, no problem. But if he gets hurt, I wanted AP who could be, you know, in that Saints offense, who could be, you know, decent um he'll be he'll be just fine he'll be the handcuff whatever but then it was in the 10th round i've already got my roster pretty dialed up and we have keepers so i can keep a guy in the round that i draft him the next season so i was like you know i'm throwing darts at this point why not this kid alvin Kamara out of tennessee but he actually went to alabama that nobody knows about he didn't play in alabama because he was behind Kenyon drake and and uh and um uh, Derek Henry uh, and a few other running backs out there. Um, so he transferred to Tennessee and of course crushed and, and he got drafted. But it was interesting because I was like, you know, if, if AP is, he's old, right? And of course this is years ago and he's still playing, but he's old. If he breaks down, he gets injured or whatever, like he's not going to work out. Mark Ingram was on the older side as well, about 28 at the time. If he goes down, I'm going to need somebody and I want this running back in the Saints offense. Right. You want that guy. So I was like, you know, what the hell? I'll pick this kid Kamara in the 10th round. If he doesn't work out, I'll just drop him. No big deal. Held on to him for a month. He did nothing. AP got traded uh, and then started splitting work. Alvin Kamara became Alvin Kamara, kept him in the 10th round the next year. I ended up winning my uh, league of record, which is the most competitive league I play in. I went undefeated in that league uh, with Alvin Kamara kept in the 10th round. Um, and I was able to draft Antonio Brown in the first round instead of Alvin Kamara. And that obviously that duo was huge. They got Julio Jones that year and just crushed. So love me some Alvin Kamara. Number one on this week. If you watch the game on Friday, Christmas day, of course, you know what happened. Six rushing touchdowns, 22 carries, 155 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, just three catches on five targets for 17 yards, but we don't need that. 56.2 standard PPR fantasy points. 
I play in a bonus league in our league of record, the, the score that I overcame, we actually do bonuses for 40 and 50 yard touchdowns. So for a 40 yard touchdown of any kind, it's four more points for a 50 yard touchdown. It's five more points. So uh, Alvin Kamara was actually at 60.2 because of that 40 yard touchdown to start the game. Um, huge game though. And, you know, I know that some people obviously, cause I was able to beat one of them, but there are some people that uh, had Alvin Kamara and couldn't overcome it. But most people that had Alvin Kamara, um, he won your championship on Friday and, and gave you an early Christmas present. So uh, happy belated holidays, by the way, to everybody as well. So Alvin Kamara crushing it. Uh, first six, six touchdown rushing performance since 1929 by the Chicago Cardinals. All right, let's move on here. Miles Gaskin, number two, quite surprising. 34 fantasy points, 14 carries, 87 yards, five catches, 82 yards, and two receiving scores. If they can get Miles Gaskin going for a healthy full season without the COVID stuff and he stays healthy, I think he's going to be one of the steals of the draft next year. He is going to be a guy, you know, sneak peek. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be kind of quiet over the summer because he didn't put up a lot of stats on a consistent basis. Miami, we're also trying to figure out all the hype in Miami's around Tua. So nobody pays attention to the running backs. It's been kind of a mess for years. I think Miles Gaston is going to go under the radar this year, to be honest with you. And he's going to be a fourth, fifth round pick. And people will be like, yeah, what the hell? He's my RB2. If he stays healthy and this offense moves the way that I think it will, I straight up think he can be a, 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 a RB1 next year in the top 12 uh, with his dual, dual ability. And the Dolphins are one of the few teams in the NFL that usually use one running back when healthy, right? So we saw, you know, Savan Ahmed, uh, even Matt Breida from time to time um, be that guy when Miles Gaskin was out. So I, I think Miles Gaskin is going to be sneaky uh, next season. Keep an eye on him. Samaj P. Ryan, throwback here for Cincinnati. Moses came on a big touchdown at the end, but he did have 13 carries, 95 yards, and two rushing scores, four catches for 41 yards. David Johnson in the top four shades of 2016. This is actually quite a great game. 12 carries, 128 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Also three catches for 11 yards and um, a receiving score as well. My man, Jeff Wilson. Love Jeff Wilson. I think Jeff Wilson, again, is going to be – I predicted this year, a bold prediction was that Jeff Wilson was going to be the Raheem Mostert of last year, this year. Well, Jeff Wilson also had injuries, unfortunately, so he didn't play as much as Raheem Mostert did last year. But when he was in there, he was dominant. We know that the running back for the 49ers is going to be dominant. I think it's going to be Jeff Wilson next year. I'm excited about him. I've been riding him for two seasons already, and I've been holding out faith – He's been showing it more and more this season. I'm going to give it to him next year. Assuming he's on the team, assuming Raheem Mostert is either in a timeshare or moves on, which he may. He's a little bit older, unfortunately. Uh, and the rest of that backfield's glass. Um, if the 49ers don't bring in any other big names, uh, workhorse types, I think Jeff Wilson's going to get the try next year with everybody healthy and, uh, again, be a steal of the draft. So keep an eye on him as well. 22 carries, 183 yards, and a 21-yard receiving score as well. A.J. Dillon, number six here. This is very impressive. Uh, obviously, he kind of came out of nowhere for fantasy. Um, a lot of hype preseason, of course, coming out of Boston College. He gets drafted as the quote-unquote Derrick Henry clone. Goes to the Packers, though, and you're like, man, Aaron Jones, like Jamal Williams, uh, obviously, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like, what is A.J. Dillon going to actually do? Well, all season, nothing. He didn't do anything. Comes out against the Tennessee Titans against Derrick Henry in a blizzard at home. 
with the number one seed on the line and dominates 21 carries 124 yards and a touchdown also had one reception uh, excuse me two touchdowns he needs to work on his lambo leap but uh, aj Dillon could be the truth both jamal williams and aaron jones are free agents next year if one or both of them leave A.J. Dillon, again, another probably middle round pick that I think in redraft. Now, in Dynasty, you know, he's gobbled up for sure. But in redraft leagues, I think he's, again, going to be another one of these like middle running backs that could potentially take over in the second half of the season. J.D. McKissick stays pat here. Ten targets once again, eight catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Four carries, 15 yards, but getting it through the air. David Montgomery outside the top five for the first time in a while, but still holding steady with 20 fantasy points. 23 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown, 26 through the air. Giovanni Bernard, 16 carries, 65 yards, seven catches, 66 yards. Two Bengals. Two Bengals in the top 10 here, Samaje P. Ryan and Giovanni Bernard. That tells you the Houston defense, horrendous. And that is pretty much the reason that uh, J.J. Watt called out the entire team. Jonathan Taylor, uh, just above um, 19 fantasy points as well. 18 carries, 74 yards and two touchdowns. Most of, most of that happened in the, in the first half. He had four carries in the second half, which is silly. Um, this game was competitive and they ended up losing to Pittsburgh. They had a big lead in the first half. And Pittsburgh came storming back and actually beat the Colts. And now, frankly, in a game that they were up by three touchdowns last week and should have won if they just ride Taylor, which was working all game, uh, the Colts have a, a, a tough time getting into the playoffs this week. They have to win, and they have to have multiple other teams lose. And it's just really perplexing situation with Jonathan Taylor getting four carries in the second half. Like, he's been playing absolutely out of his mind and just not utilizing the second half, and they should just run the clock out. Interesting. Miles Sanders. 18 uh, fantasy points here, 27 through the air, 57th on the ground and a touchdown. Zeke Elliott plods his way to 105 yards, and I know that feels impressive, but he doesn't score. <sighs> Zeke is going to be really tough for me next year. I know you either are on the like, eh, Zeke's on his way out, Tony Pollard's the man, which I kind of lean toward, or you're like, dude, that's asinine. Zeke is fucking incredible. He's still Zeke. He was a top five running back when Dak was healthy. Dak's coming back. Tony Pollard's just his backup and blah, blah, blah. Fine. That's a fair argument, but man, uh, Zeke either got a fire lit under his ass this week because he knows Tony Pollard's legit and he could straight up steal his job, but I will give Zeke credit. He looked the best he's looked Last week versus Philadelphia on his way to 139 total yards on 23 touches. He looked the best he's looked, honestly, since Dak got injured all season long. So in 10 weeks, he's looked slow, sluggish, whatever. He's been out and Tony Pollard's been doing okay. He looked okay. He looked all right. I'm just honestly not thrilled on him next year. We'll see what happens with Dak and they have some personnel moves to make there in, in Dallas. So we'll see what happens, but I do like Tony Pollard regardless. Nick Chubb, 17 fantasy points. Could have gotten you more there. Uh, James Conner, 17 and a half. He just needs to stay healthy. Dalvin Cook, 16 and a half. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this week, he, you know, he is going to miss this week versus New Orleans. Um, just uh, unfortunately, he had a, a tragic death in his family. His father passed away. Uh, so he is not with the team this week. Um, Alexander Madison has been, um, battling a neck injury for a number of weeks. Uh, you know, it could be Mike Boone, who was a spot fill in the championship last year and did well. But again, um, 
the Saints defense at home with the number one seed on the line, I expect will come out and smash on Minnesota. So I, I do not like whoever plays running back for the Vikings this week, but shout out to my boy, Dalvin cook. I, you know, I repped him really hard this summer. I had uh, my preseason ranking was of running backs was um, CMC Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon Barkley. And then it was Dalvin cook and then Zeke Elliott. Um, so I, Put a lot of put a lot of trust in him and faith in him, and he finally stayed healthy and absolutely crushed. But uh, just sad situation for him. Austin Eckler, just about 15 fantasy points, 45 on the ground, 23 through the air. Not impressive, but he does have a touchdown to buoy him. And then a couple guys that may have disappointed here with lower than 15 PPR fantasy points: Leonard Fournette, 15; Kareem Hunt, 14; J.K. Dobbins, 13; Kenyon Drake, 13; Aaron Jones, 12, 13; uh, Zach Moss. 13, Latavius Murray, 12 and a half, Naheem Hines, 11, Chris Carson, 11, uh, Antonio Gibson coming back off an of injury, 10, uh, looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, but just not, I mean, just not as explosive. I think it's just, he's, he's obviously not hundred percent. He'll be great next season. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that Derek Henry under 10 PPR fantasy points, 23 carries, 98 yards, no receptions. This was a killer. Green Bay comes into this game as a top three fantasy matchup for running backs in a blizzard in the quote unquote perfect scenario for Derrick Henry to just smash the, uh, the Yeti as the fantasy footballers call him, you know, the abominable snowman, like supposed to come out and just run shit. Well, it wasn't him. It was AJ Dillon and it was Devonte Adams and it was Aaron Jones and the pack or uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers came out and put up, you know, 17 on him quickly. And all of a sudden Derrick Henry got faded out of the game. They tried to use him because they have to, but he was not able to get going. They kept him under hundred yards, no catches, 9.8 PPR fantasy points in your championship from Derrick Henry. Oof, rough. Brian Hill got the start for the Falcons, but just nine fantasy points. DeAndre Swift, nine, Mike Davis, nine for him as well. Great run for Mike Davis. Thank you for your service, my man. Very honorable effort from him. Todd Gurley, just eight there. Melvin Gordon, eight. Uh, Wayne Gallman, seven. Devin Singletary, seven. Josh Jacobs, uh, just over six. I mean, James White, six. Rough. Um, so unfortunately, you know, again, a lot of these guys like Alvin Kamara, Samaje P. Ryan, like you weren't playing Samaje P. Ryan. You weren't playing uh, some of these other guys that actually did well. But if you rode Alvin Kamara, if you rode David Johnson, if you rode Miles Gaskin, if you rode uh, Devin, uh, David Montgomery, uh, you got away with it. Um, and you probably did well in your championship. But some of these other big names just frankly didn't get it done. Okay, let's get into the receivers here. I'll pick this up a little bit. I know it's been a longer episode, uh, but I'm not doing the waiver column. So I felt like I had a little more air to breathe here today. Um, wide receivers, Tay Adams, absolutely smashed. The only way you could have overcome... Alvin Kamara is either a group of four or five guys who all scored you 20, 30 fantasy points, or you had a couple, you had a stud or two. In my case, in the, in the match that I overcame Alvin Kamara, I had Devonte Adams, 11 catches on 12 targets, 142 yards and three touchdowns. Now I'm not usually one to like victory lap as they call it. I'm not really one to give pats on my back, but I did say last week, multiple times, after a dud two weeks ago where Devontae Adams could not get on the same page against Carolina, Rodgers was obviously frustrated. They could not get him going. First time in eight games he didn't score a touchdown, right? Last week, two weeks ago. I said that I expect Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to come out here just to prove 
that they're the best duo in the league. Yes, that includes Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that includes uh, Stephon Diggs and, and, and Josh Allen. Obviously a conversation. I'm not saying that they are per se. It's up for debate. That's fine. But in their mind, they are. I said that I expect him to get peppered. I actually had a bold prediction. He would have 200 receiving yards. And frankly, if they wanted to give him 18 targets in this game, he would have had 15 catches and probably um, 200 yards. But the Packers destroyed the Titans. They couldn't score. And frankly, this game was over in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the third quarter, rather. So Devontae Adams sat out the final couple of drives. If he played a full game and it was competitive, I am very confident he would have had 15 catches for 200 yards and probably four-plus touchdowns. Incredible matchup. These guys are just absolutely unbelievable. Um, Devontae Adams, my dog, number one on the week. Right behind him, though, he could have had a chance also with Stephon Diggs. Now, you had to wait till Monday night. It's probably gut-wrenching. I know a lot of people on Twitter were like, I need Stephon Diggs to have the game of his life for me to win. I need 20 fantasy points. I need 30 fantasy points. Like, there's no way I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Well, nine catches on 11 targets, 145 yards, and three touchdowns, 41 fantasy points. Stephon Diggs gets it done for most people. And Mike Evans as well, another big one. 10 catches, 181 yards, leading the NFL this week, 181 yards and two touchdowns from Tom Brady. He could have had maybe another one or two that were just uh, short or overthrown. 12 targets from him, 40 fantasy points from Mike Evans. So if you went up against Alvin Kamara, but you had Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and or Mike Evans, you were probably able to get it done. If you didn't, I would be surprised if you were able to uh, overcome Alvin Kamara. But as I said on the podcast last week, um, there are going to be people that, uh, you know, overcome that Alvin Kamara um, big lead. I mean, it happens every year, no matter what. So obviously a huge game from Alvin Kamara, almost 60 points, but everybody else has got to play as well. All right, Michael Gallup, huge game here from him. Uh, he and Andy Dalton look to be pretty pretty solid. So I'm, I'm confident with Michael Gallup this week in 17 if you need him. Uh, six catches, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Jamison Crowder threw a 43-yard touchdown to Braxton Berrios, which is impressive. He had a 14-yard rush attempt, and he had seven catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. So getting it done, Jamison Crowder, 30 fantasy points from him. Brandon Cooks finally had that kind of boom game and at the perfect time there. Um, seven catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown from him. Great game from Brandon Cooks. Nelson Aguilar, five catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Juju Schmichuster, 13 targets, nine catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown late to go ahead against the Colts. Juju's been very, very frustrating. He's been in the TikTok news and all this bullshit. Played his best game in a very long time. He also could lead the team next year. We'll see where he end up in, ends up now that Devontae, or excuse me, Deontay Johnson is uh, clearly the number one. We'll see what happens with Juju, but he is still very young, still, you know, I think polished, but has some polishing to do. Could do a lot of work there. So I'm excited for Juju moving forward. Adam Thielen, 24 fantasy points, eight catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, three for 65 and a touchdown. Also had a rushing score of 19 yards as well. Sterling Shepard, nine for 77 in a score. T. Higgins, six for 99 in a score. Deontay Johnson, 14 targets, eight catches. Still six opportunities missed there for Deontay Johnson. 75 yards and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel. Seven carries for 52 yards, five catches, 106 yards, and no touchdowns for him. Allen Robinson, 13 targets, 10 catches, 103 yards. Love to see him peppered. I cannot wait to either get him on the Bears next year and Trubisky and everybody else figured out that you need to pepper the shit out of your best player, which they haven't done the last two years. But uh, he has been peppered this year. He's going to finish in the top eight fantasy 
Um, receivers, I had him at number seven coming in, uh, and I think he will finish about number seven going out. So great season from Allen Robinson. If he leaves, uh, let's hope he ends up on a team that peppers him again. I would love to see him in Philadelphia. All right, let's move on to uh, Chris Godwin. Um, just over 19 fantasy points, five catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Calvin Ridley, five for 130, no score. He missed two touchdowns in this game. He missed another one last week as well. Matt Ryan is just so sporadic. He gets a lot of scores because the Falcons can't run and they throw constantly. But, man, Calvin Ridley is phenomenal. Uh, I, I, I cannot wait for this guy's career to unfold. Unfortunately, I think it's going to come at the hands of my boy Julio being pushed out. But Julio did the same thing to Roddy White years ago, and that's just the changing of the guard. But rooting for all these guys. Loved Roddy White years ago. Of course, love Julio Jones, as I mentioned earlier. I love Calvin Ridley as well. So, shouts out to him. Robbie Anderson, 7 for 39 in a touchdown. DJ Chark got a score as well. 121 yards from Amari Cooper, but no touchdown from him. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, Zach Paschal. De uh, Deshaun Jackson, 81-yard touchdown, then he hurts his foot, and he's gone. Braxton Berrios caught that touchdown from uh, uh, Jamison Crowder. Um, uh, Antonio Brown caught a touchdown this week as well. And uh, Marquise Brown got a score. So just four catches for 25 yards, but he did get a touchdown. A couple stallers here, just some bigger names uh, you may have started that may have let you down a little bit in PPR. Cooper Cup, uh, just 14 fantasy points there, 66 yards on eight catches, no score. Christian Kirk, seven for 76, no score. Justin Jefferson, six for 85 and no score. Manuel Sanders, four for 83. So good efficiency, but just four catches. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, eight for 48. So great job uh, locking him down from um, uh, uh, the 49ers secondary there. Jerry Judy, 15 targets, but just six catches, 61 yards. DK Metcalf, eight targets for six yards and uh, 50 or six, six catches, excuse me, 59 yards from him. Uh, Tyree Kill, four catches, 65 yards. AJ Green, four for 64. Uh, Chase Claypool, Mike Williams, um, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods, Larry Fitzgerald, some other guys that may have potentially let you down there. Let's move on to the tight ends, and then we'll get into DST and kicker. Tight ends up at the top here. Big Irv Smith getting it done. I streamed him two weeks ago, and uh, he didn't do anything, and I ended up losing in the semifinals. And, of course, this week he comes out and crushes. Six catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns, the number one tight end on the week. Jimmy Graham throwing back the clock here. Four catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns for him. Travis Kelsey, top three, of course. Seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Leads the NFL in receiving yards. He could potentially finish the season leading in uh, receiving yards and maybe the most all time. Um, very, very, very impressive, obviously, for Travis Kelsey there. Rob Gronkowski, two for 58, but he does get two scores from him. So two catches, two scores on two targets. Pretty good efficiency there from Brady and Gronk. Darren Waller, five for 112. No score, though. Eric Ebron gets a touchdown. Hayden Hurst gets a touchdown. Chris Herndon gets a touchdown. Haven't talked about him much this year. Jonu Smith. Uh, Lee Smith from the Buffalo Bills and Jacob Hollister also get touchdowns along with Darren Fells. A couple stallers here. I got you single-digit touchdowns. Uh, Mike Kosicki, or single-digit uh, fantasy points, excuse me. Mike Kosicki, four for 54. Uh, Jack Doyle, four for 50. Um, Dawson Knox, three for 51. Uh, Jordan Akins, Drew Sample, some of these guys that were probably long shots, but you may have had to stream. Not so much. Dallas Goddard, three for 38 there. And... Um, Donald Parnum for the uh, Chargers, I know, was streamed by a couple folks just because Hunter Henry was out, but just two catches, 47 yards uh, from him. And uh, Tyler Higby, three for 34. 
TJ Hawkinson, four for 23, Zach Ertz, three for 33, Dalton Schultz, three for 21. And, um, Cole Komet, who was somebody that we were, you know, excited about, but unfortunately two catches, 18 yards, looks like the old man, Jimmy Graham is still holding it down. DSTs and kickers. Let's wrap it up here. The Panthers, the number one DST on the week versus Washington, a touchdown, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, three sacks, 19 fantasy points from the Panthers. The Bucks against Detroit, one interception, a fumble recovery, four sacks. The Ravens versus the Giants, six sacks on the week from them, just 13 points against. The Jets versus Cleveland, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and uh, three sacks from them. Washington football team, an interception, a fumble recovery, and four sacks. And then let's get into the stallers here who gave you zero or negative fantasy points for the DSTs. The Saints versus Minnesota, which is quite surprising, um, led up uh, 33 points to the Minnesota Vikings. So the Saints, usually a great uh, fantasy defense, not so much this week. Also the Colts, great fantasy defense, but not against Pittsburgh. With that comeback, negative one. The Giants and the Jaguars also gave negative one. The Titans, negative three. The Bengals, negative three. Lions, negative four. Eagles and Patriots, uh, Eagles at negative five, and then the Patriots and Vikings at negative eight each, and the Texans, negative nine. I want to make a note here real quick about the Texans because I almost streamed them, and this is how much, uh, uh, let's see, predictions or projections most of the time don't mean shit. (laughs) So I was looking at streaming uh, defenses. I have the Buffalo Bills in that league of record I was telling you about where I beat – I ended up winning it and I overcame Kamara and stuff, but I have the bills versus the, the, uh, the new England Patriots. I ended up playing the bills. The bills did fine and, and everything worked out, but early in the, in the week, I was looking at upside because Kamara plays on Friday. I'm down by 60 immediately. I'm like, fuck, I got to find teams that could potentially blow out. Like I have to shoot for the stars. And if these guys bust, they bust, but I'm already down by 60. I have to shoot for the moon. So I'm looking at the bills. I'm like, okay, well the bills against the Patriots, I know the Patriots aren't going to put up a lot of points because of just the general offense. Bills will probably get a turnover or two against Cam. They'll probably get a couple of sacks, but it is Bill Belichick. It is the rivalry. It is in New England. It is blah, blah, blah. I wonder if the Bills somehow lay an egg and the Patriots play the game of their life just because of the rivalry and the history and all this shit. And the Bills are riding high after winning the division. Maybe they'll be flat. I had this all this stuff in my head. Like maybe I should fade the Bills defense. So I at least look at the waiver. Well, in this league, there's a lot of defenses gone and slim pickings. But I think the Bills were projected at like 10 fantasy points or something pre-week. Pre, uh, I looked at the waiver wire and the Texans going up against the Bengals were projected like 16 fantasy points. That was a projection, 16 fantasy points. I'm like, holy shit. Like, JJ Watt and company should be pretty fired up and they'll be good to go. And the Bengals are terrible. And like, this looks like a smash start. Let me do some more research. Well, turns out that it was going to be, you know, cold and and rough weather in Buffalo and Buffalo's fired up and they're getting some guys healthy. Matt Milano, their middle linebacker came back uh, who's great against the run and and, and slot as well. And I was like, you know, I would hate to sit the bills in a big game and they've been all playing well and, and the Texans sure, but the Texans defense isn't very good. Right. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I streamed the Cowboys defense versus the Bengals, and the Cowboys have been horrendous as a defense. Horrendous. The worst passing defense in the league for NFL purposes. For fantasy, it's Atlanta, and, and it was Seattle for a long time. But for NFL, it's been the Cowboys. 
And I was just like, yo, I, this is terrible. But I was like, you know, the, the Bengals are kind of hurting up front. The, the Cowboys are have a, you know, have a must win game at the time. Like, man, let's see what happened. Well, the, they came out and had a couple of touchdowns at fumble recovers. It worked out. I think they were actually one of the number, uh, the top defenses on the week. So that worked out. So I was like, you know what? Maybe that happens again with the Texans. Maybe they play a great game. Both these teams are terrible, but the Bengals are bad. Well, long story short, I ended up getting, I ended up sticking with the, the Bills because I'm like, you know what? It's Monday night football. I would love to kind of have the bills like late. So I have something to root for after the fact I would hate for the, the Texans to come out and lay an egg. And then like, I just don't have anything left on Monday, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stick with the bills. Fuck it. Like they're a good defense. Hopefully cam turns the ball over and they don't, they don't go crazy. Cause I didn't expect them to pass much. Of course. Well, I roll with the bills. They work out. And the Texans, as I mentioned, were the worst defense in fantasy football this week, negative nine fantasy points against one of the worst offenses in the league. So when you're streaming defenses, it's not automatic. First of all, projections for DSTs are bullshit, straight up. Then you have to look at like the actual matchups, okay? It worked out. The Bengals are not playing very well, but they ran the ball very well because the Texans are horrible. Then they could pass a little bit. And they shut down Deshaun Watson for the most part, at least with scoring. So then they have more opportunity to run out the clock. They didn't make mistakes. Boom, the Texans are horrible. So I just want to go on that train really quick. That, that was a decision that if I – played and I didn't play the uh, Bills who I think ended up getting about 10 fantasy points uh the Texans got negative uh nine that's a 19 point swing in the negative for me um I would have uh, potentially lost my matchup if I would have made that move so got I stuck with it okay kickers and we'll get out of here uh Jason Sanders at the top 15 Michael Badgley 14 uh Daniel Carlson Greg Zerline and Brandon McManus as well as Austin Seibert for the um, Cincinnati Bengals, 13 points. Cairo Santos uh, and Matt Gay with 12. Uh, Will Lutz and Jason Myers with 10. Let's get into um, our five or less points for kickers. Jake Elliott and Cody Parkey and Aldrich Rosas, just 10, uh, just five points, excuse me. Uh, Mason Crosby, Ryan Suckup, Nick Folk, uh, Sam Ficken, and Matthew Knight of Philadelphia getting his first NFL start. Uh, at four points, Dan Bailey with three, Stephen Goskowski and Joey Sly with two, Young Way Koo uh, and uh, Matt Prater just one. If there's like a super letdown at the kicker position, it's got to be Young Way Koo. I mean, he's arguably the number one kicker in fantasy football. He's been drilling everything from 50. He misses, you know, a decent kick, but he missed a 40 yarder. Uh, to get into, um, he, he missed a, 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 excuse me, he missed a, a, a inside the 30. So he missed a, essentially a chip shot for kickers. He missed it uh, to tie the game late against the Chiefs, which would have sent it to overtime. And frankly, the Falcons were playing very well and beating the Chiefs most of that game. Falcons could have had a chance to upend uh, the Chiefs in that one. But anyway, Young Way Koo, unfortunately, let, let down there with just one fantasy point. All right, y'all. I talked for a long time here on the Ballers and Sellers. I know I usually don't take that long on those. I appreciate you if you stuck it through. No waiver wire uh, this week. It's week 17. If you're playing this week, I wish you the best. Um, make sure you reach out on Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod. Um, and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. I will have one more set of rankings this week on the uh, website, tckpod.com, if you'd like to check that out. And uh, make sure you reach out in DMs and ask me any personal questions about the, um, you know, individual lineup changes with uh, waivers. A lot of, you know, Cooper Cup is going to be out this week. Like, I'm not going to get into it, into it, but Cooper Cup could be out this week with the COVID uh, situation. He's on the COVID IRS of this podcast. Kyler Murray and, um, and uh, Jared Goff are questionable at best. 
rest. Jared Goff's more doubtful than Kyler Murray, but they could both miss this game. Jarrell Henderson is going to be out for this game. Uh, Dalvin Cook's not going to play, as I mentioned, because of his, the death of his father. Uh, the Chiefs may sit there, guys, for half of the game. Uh, it's very interesting week in Week 17. That's why we don't play championships in Week 17 generally. But if you're in a league that you have it, you got to do what you got to do. So reach out personally if you need to, and uh, we'll work through your team. I appreciate all you sticking around this season. We have a great rest of the week lined up for you. Dwee's coming up next with the stat rat episode. Then we have uh, Lucas and I breaking down the late games, Bobby LaMarco and I breaking down the early games and uh, Friday, I'll do a little, a quick one to, to just kind of give you a snapshot of what's coming up um, uh, starting next week when we get into the uh, NFL playoffs. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for sticking around uh, this season. It's been a blast. It's been crazy. Uh, I got three of my five championships. I feel good about that. I missed out on my other two championships by a total of nine points. I almost went five for five, which I've never done. <laughs> so hopefully next year, but uh, appreciate all of you. Congratulations to the TCK pod uh, winners um, and uh, uh, Josh McDonough and uh, Hawk Holiday. Shouts out to you guys and also the runner ups, Jake Hare and Paul. We'll be back next season with another TCK um, listener league as well. Appreciate y'all. Congratulations to everybody that already has that uh, week 16 fantasy football championship hashtag TCK title. Make sure you post those up or send them to me on Twitter or DM uh, on Instagram and uh, use that hashtag. And I'll, I'll share those for you. I do want to give some shout outs to the league winners. I've already had a bunch of you roll in. So thank you so much for letting me know. I appreciate you just as much uh, as you appreciated us. So thank you for that. And best of luck to everybody in week 17 going for your championship. You will bring it home. Happy bladed holidays. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year to everybody. If we don't catch you by the time we hear you again, 2020 has been insane for everybody for various reasons. Hopefully 2021 looks up. We can only be positive and move forward. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Lead with compassion. We'll catch you next time on the TCK Pod. I'm your host, Scott Guasco, episode 335 in the books, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.